Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Hey, hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Happy January Wednesday. 19th. January 19th. 2022, we are coming to you live on Podbean, broadcasting live every morning, Monday to Friday on Podbean, uh, and from Edmonton, Alberta. That's something I don't actually say on the podcast. A lot of um, mm-hmm. we I've talk had, about how we're in Alberta. Yeah, yeah, we talk about Edmonton, but uh, when people are are searching a podcast through iTunes, like, oh, this looks cool. It looks like they're probably in Canada. Uh, they don't know where in Canada, so uh, it's Edmonton, Edmonton, Alberta. Um, ooh, from ooh. Ontario, though. Um, so NBC. shout out to uh, all Ontario and 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 um, British Columbians. Yeah. And other, and the other provinces too. Yeah. But, I, but I wasn't going there. <laughs> weather today. <laughs> I reclaimed my. Uh... Can I talk about the weather? Weather no. is a is a really really nice uh, um, clear skies negative uh, thirty one degrees. It's going to be a high of negative uh, seventeen today. Did you you said you you cleared something up? I reclaimed my day stating. Oh. But your weather was more important. It's okay. Okay. Um, yeah, you're doing a good job. Good job. <laughs> um, wow. So what's going on in the, what's going on in the, in the news today? <laughs> uh, Ukraine's heating up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Russia, Russia's making a big move on Ukraine. Something like that. Um... I thought interest rate, I heard rumors that interest rates were supposed to go up yesterday, but uh, I was just doing a little bit of Google searching before we went on live today because uh, I'm like, I didn't hear anything. Uh, but it sounds like it's probably going to be January 26th through my rough Google searching this morning. What's up with that? Why would they say the 18th and then? Oh, no, I don't know. Someone told me the 18th. Oh. Um, never trust social media. You got to trust the real media. Um. <laughs> Uh, such as, let's see, I got a website up. You mean uh, the source? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I had a website up. That uh, doesn't matter. But anyways, I expect uh, interest rates to go up. Uh, they're they're anticipating about 0.5% in mm-hmm. uh, Canada rate, uh, prime rate. So uh, we'll see about that. It's we had cheap. a renewal yesterday. Yeah, that's, we did. I, I signed a renewal yesterday. Um, <laughs> I went variable still. I mean, heck, even, even with variable. Uh, to be able to lock in um at one point three four three four <laughs> even if it goes up to 1.84 i'll still take that um one of the cool things and why actually, did we go variable on a long-term buy and hold that's personal gab no i think it's great uh um <laughs> the reason why we decided to go variable was um it was strategic uh i i, I asked the uh, the lender i said uh if the variable rate, sorry if the interest rate changes does that mean our payment monthly payment changes or does that mean that our just our PNI our principal and interest portions change and uh, she said no no your payment stays the same it's just more will go towards interest and less will go towards principal I'm like okay done lock me in at the end of the variable I don't really care too much like if, if things start changing I can always lock in and fix later but um, I like the fact that we're gonna lower by changing to variable, we lowered our payments by 125 bucks, which is more cash flow in our pocket on that property, mm-hmm. which that property is okay for cash flow, but it's not the greatest one. Yeah. So it was a it, great- It cash flows, but it just builds the reserve. We don't actually take out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So we just build the reserve up for repairs and maintenance and stuff like that. Yeah. And we got a couple, you know, um, average sized, um, repairs coming this year. So I'm like, yeah. you know what, an extra 125 bucks in the reserve yeah. every month is, is going to help towards that. Plus, um, you know, uh, if we don't need to access it, then, you know, there's a potential we can start paying out our joint venture partner a little bit every month or a little bit at the end of the year. So, well, and there's the possibility of a, a refi too, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say, uh, more cash flow, um, less risk. And then lastly, um, you know, th- 
couple of years from now, if things change and, you know, uh, value of the property goes up, which I, I feel like it's due and we've paid off enough of the mortgage that we could refinance that property in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to take some of that money out and give it back to our joint venture partner. So yeah. I just want for flexibility, I decided, you know what, let's just, uh, let's roll the dice a little bit on that one. And uh, yeah, yeah, pretty happy about it. Awesome. Glad that happened yesterday. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, well, yesterday Until you started talking about interest rates. <laughs> yeah, yesterday I just, uh, mostly spent the day myself um, prepping for the cabin retreat this weekend. Um, that's in two days. Today's Wednesday, right? Yep. Yeah, that's in two days. I didn't realize it. I mean, I got it all prepped and stuff, um, and we know what we're doing. We've done enough times, but uh, I like to. I like to revisit it again even though I, I normally spend some time after the previous you know after the last cabinet trait to really debrief and think about okay what worked what didn't work you know what resonated with people what didn't mm-hmm. um so i just wanted to revisit it again just to kind of see you know is there anything we can add in different it's, it's it's all about the way it's not about the things that you say it's about the way that you say it right yeah well and, and you got to look at the people who are coming as well yes completely and everyone, different group this time than we had last time yes yeah so um, you got to find different ways to connect. So we were working on that yesterday, yesterday, and uh, trying to think about things that we can improve on. Um, so that was fun. Got to work on that, and then uh, yeah. Uh, and then today, uh, today, I, I think I got to leave right after the show. I got to get ready, and I got to head down to the lawyers. I got a coaching call this morning. Got a, a meeting at the lawyers. Got my bank draft or purchasing another property. And then in the afternoon, you got me. Since yeah, I'm since you're in the city. Since I'm in the city. <laughs> and sending him to do viewings uh, for our rental vacancy for the midnight move. Let's see if I can get that filled real quick. Yeah. So I don't have to go back. That's the plan. We want it filled for February 1st. That's mm-hmm. our ideal situation. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, up, upcoming events, obviously. Um, actually, you know what? Do you want to talk about? What did you work on yesterday? Or you started getting ready for taxes? Uh, yeah. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Um, I actually, I, I made myself a really long to-do list yesterday morning and I was like, man, Gabby, this is ambitious. Like, what are you doing? Because, you know, like I try to make it attainable, give myself three or four bigger things to do so that, you know, I feel good at the end of the day mm-hmm. <laughs> and accomplish something important. But there was all these little things that like, I just kept putting off and, um, I, so I wrote them down and I did it. I got my to-do list done and I tackled it. I called the bank, changed bank accounts for our business account. I canceled nice. another business bank account. I like, yeah, I, I got shit done that like has been ongoing for months that it's just like, you know, those tasks that you'll just never get to. Yeah. <laughs> you'll keep paying the outrageous bank fees for the wrong account type that you have. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that, like that BMO account that we yeah, have. Yeah, like that BMO account that you really need to go down there and cancel. <laughs> We got this this one bank account we opened for some dumb reason. Like someone had to send me money through that account years ago. That was the only way they can send it. And they had to physically go down to that bank account and put it into that account every month. Anyways, we got paid off that money. The only reason I had it, and they were paying the bank fees on it. Uh, That's the only reason I had that account. And so I tried to cancel that account and they just won't let me. (laughs) That like... So complicated. Like, first things first, they wanted me to pay off the the balance of bank fees in the negative. I'm like, okay, fine. How much is it? And then the, and then I paid it, and I'm like, can you cancel the account now? And they're like, well, you got to go drive down to that bank, that specific bank. I'm like, it's 45 minutes away. And every time you call, you're like on hold forever, and then you get through, and they're like, yeah, no, I can't help you right now. Yeah, it's, it's just been. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever close that bank. I think when I'm 80. It'll, it'll eventually go into collections for bank fees. 100%. Monthly bank fees. Because I'm not going to that side of the city to go close up some stupid bank account. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but yes, you did mention um, some taxes. I did start on some taxes. And literally, like, the first thing that I started doing was I just reached out to our joint ventures. Um, asking. Partners. Yeah, joint venture partners. Um Asking that as soon as they receive their annual mortgage statements to send them over because I just got my first one uh, yesterday in my email. So it kind of triggered that reminder that uh, we'll need to start collecting all those documents and getting everything in order. So, yeah. Super fun. So fun. Love taxes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Upcoming events. Obviously, we talked about the real estate investing cabinet retreat there. Um, It's a three-day cabinet retreat. Uh, It's this weekend. 
Um, sold out though, but there's one coming up in February if you're interested. Um, to, don't sign up, as I mentioned yesterday. Don't sign up unless you're ready. It's 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 an intense weekend, and it's only for people that are all in. We don't want you to be that person in the back of the room or the back of the cabin that's just sitting there just not participating. I don't like talking. No, this is for people that really want to open up and like you've been at real estate investing, you know, you're new or you've been at it for a while. And for some reason, for whatever reason, you just haven't seemed to find your success yet. Mm -hmm. And it's probably, you know, I'll just give you a little hint for free. It's because you don't have a very good plan. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's a great way to detach and head to the cabin with five other ambitious investors and us, Gabby and I, we spend the weekend there as well. And we basically just like look deep into what it is that you want. And we come up with a plan for you based on the resources that you have today. And we'll choose a real estate strategy. We'll choose a business plan and a model. We'll build a roadmap to get you there. Basically show you exactly how to do it. And man, some of the stuff that we've come up with at those retreats is so fucking cool. Mm -hmm. I I love it. And we've seen like some of the students have like amazing successes already. Like it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. The confidence that comes after the weekend. The confidence that comes after the weekend because of the certainty that we build. Yeah. Right. It's, you know, you go in there thinking that like, I want to have a bunch of apartment buildings. Yeah, that's cool. Everybody, anybody could say that, right? I, I can name 400 people within our network that have said that, that have never achieved it. When, but when you can see it, when you can see how it's going to be done and where you're going to get that from and who you're going to talk to. And now it's just a matter of going out and making those phone calls and going out and, you know, going and opening that account. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different thing. It's achievable yeah. now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's coming up this week, and there's one more in February if you're interested in that. Um, the link's in the show notes here. Uh, and uh, this Friday, uh, well, last Friday, we had Barry McGuire on, real estate lawyer in Edmonton, um, the guru. And uh, we went real deep into real estate closings, and we didn't really get a chance to really close yeah. it out. <laughs> um, Not enough time. So he's coming back this Friday. Um to continue on the discussion. Um, yeah. She's going to be a guest on our show. Plus, he's going to actually be a guest at the cabin retreat as well. Yes. Um, he comes out on Saturday and does a two-hour presentation on creative real estate strategies. So if you've never seen Barry or taken one of his courses, um, you know that's another great opportunity to see Barry as well. Um, yeah. He'll be talking about agreement for sales, rent-to-owns, flips, wholesaling, joint ventures. <laughs> Some other stuff. There's five, right? Is it five <laughs> or six? I always feel like I'm forgetting one. Yeah. Basically, all the creative uh, real estate strategies um, he teaches those. Um, yeah, so that's going on this weekend. Okay, um, so I was uh, listening to myself yesterday, which is really fucking weird. I don't do that very often. Um, I I had to go for a drive to go get a bank draft and go take care of some things yesterday, and um, I don't know. I just felt like listening to the podcast that we did that day. I because I was so tired yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, you were, you I'm like, days. I, I couldn't remember what I talked about. And I got a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Wayne, what did you talk about yesterday? Did you slip up at all? Or were you like, yeah, it, it it's because I didn't sleep the previous night. Um, it was such a it was such a weird day. And I'm like, okay, I got to re-listen to this to make sure that it didn't sound terrible. And so I was listening to it. And, and then the first thing I see is, you know, what I titled the podcast yesterday, um, which was appropriate, um, that... I don't like talking about agreement for sales on the podcast. Uh, and then I thought, like, wait, wait, that's not really the, the best way to explain that. Um, it's not that I don't like talking about agreement for sales in the podcast. I don't like answering advanced questions about agreement for sales strategy <clears throat> that are going to inspire others to not take the course and go try and do agreement for sales and fuck things up whether that be their own business or whether that be the lives of innocent sellers. sellers. Yeah. That's, it's just, yes, I know how, and yes, I can't answer it, but I got to make sure that I'm pointing people in the right direction first. And you got to take a course. If yeah. anyone ever reaches out to me with a DM, you know, um, first thing I ask, Hey, have you ever taken a course? If they say no, I'm going to say, go take a course. I'm not going to answer your question. Now, if they've taken one of say Barry and Donna's courses, which they're the, pretty much the only ones that that put a course on for that strategy. Reputable. Um, the only one, the only course that really matters. Let's just put it that way. Um, then yes, if they're a past students, um, you know, I, I've been a part of their courses. I, if, if I can answer a question really quickly that can help someone, you know, close the deal. 100%. 100%. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so th- that's just, I, I extended that to the podcast, whereas, you know, someone may come on the podcast and that's a question they've taken a course, but someone, this might be someone's first time ever coming on the podcast and they're like, wow, that strategy sounds fucking amazing. I'm going to go do that. And I don't want to spend a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars in the course. So, you know what I decided today? <clears throat> I decided in that moment, actually, when I was driving yesterday, was that I'm going to talk about a grain for sales today. So yesterday, <laughs> I said why I don't talk about a grain for sales, and then today's podcast, which is going to be the one right after it, if you're searching <laughs> on iTunes, is going to say my first agreement for sale deal. So. <laughs> and so, uh, two minutes before the show, I said, "Gavin, I'm going to talk about a grain for sales." Do you remember that uh, agreement for sale in Cedar West? And she's like, um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, uh, yeah, more or less. And he's like, the start of it. And I was like, oh, forgot about that. <laughs> he's like, are you serious? <laughs> uh, Mike says I, he never took the course, but used Barry for an AFS. Am I missing something? Uh, probably a lot. Probably a lot. <laughs> it, there's just so many little things. You know yeah, I mean? so much. Like we literally, I think, um, I don't know how long has it been uh seven years or something like that since we took our first afs course six six years and um and and we've taken it every time they've put a course on since then so we've taken several we've either taken or been a part of the course since then so we were taking them and and then we've been invited to help um uh present be a part of the focus team Yeah. yeah but every time we attend we learn something new and i would consider us experts in the field at this point, like big time experts. Yeah. So if we're still learning new things about agreement for sale, then yes, you're missing something like a lot. <laughs> there were quite a few courses there where I still had a list of questions at the end of every course, you know, at the end of the day, I would still have a list of questions. Yeah. Um, just things that I ran into. Um, yeah. When generally speaking, and trust me, uh, Mike, I, I could... I can give you a quick 10 to 15 minute general course explanation right now that'll give you, cause I'm just really good at explaining things like dumbing it down. Um, I could give you enough to be like, wow, okay, cool. But not enough to make sure that you don't get into trouble. Right. And yeah, there's lots of things that need to be done properly. Yeah. When, when you're dealing with a strategy like that and, and, and like I said, if you want to, if not you, but if, if anyone wants to go and, and try it and fuck it up and fuck up their own life and get, you know, get taken to court because you, you did something wrong, go for it. But I just don't want to see some innocent family who was in a desperate situation that needed, that needed that solution. Yeah. I don't want to see them affected by it. Right. Cause yeah. it's normally them that's still carrying the mortgage and the title. Right. Mm -hmm. So payments are missed. And trust me, I have fucking stories. The deal that I'm about to explain to you, I'm going to, I'm going to take you from how I found it, how I closed it, how I assigned it. I'm not going to talk about what happened afterwards. That's for another day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, when Gabby looked at me about this deal, she's like, oh, and I'm like, I'm just going to talk about the first part. And she goes, (laughs) oh, okay. Oh yeah. I forgot about that part. Cause all I remember is the other parts. So what this was, was I I found my first agreement for sale and I assigned it to another investor. A very reputable. very reputable investor. Everybody knows him. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that he fucked it up and fucked up this guy's life and that I had to go back and fix it is a completely different story, which I shouldn't have brought up. But I just wanted (laughs) to give you a little perspective as to how things can. This was a guy that I assigned it to. Oh, God, I'm going too deep now. This, (laughs) This reputable investor that everybody knew who I assigned it to had never taken a course. Did we know that at the time? I did. Okay. But I was so young. Yeah. Well, it was our first day of us. Yeah. Well, he, he knew enough. He yeah. could explain it. And I said, okay, cool. This guy knows who he's talking about. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but that's not the point. Yeah. This, uh, the point that I was trying to make was that, um, even a reputable investor who had so many commercial and multifamily properties and, and so many joint venture partners, and he was f- featured in so many different blogs yeah, articles and articles and, and everybody yeah. knew him, still managed to fuck that up and still managed to ruin our seller and friends, friends now, um, credit yeah. by not making any payments. Yeah. Um, so 
let's talk about my first screen for sale deal. <laughs> okay. So um, we took the course back in 2016. Right. Um, absolute water hose. Um, I, I found out years later that I took the advanced <laughs> advanced course. It was just the one that was available. And when they say AFS intensive, I just thought, okay, this Deep is dive. an intense course. Yeah. <laughs> Not the fact that they were teaching us the, you know, the advanced deep dive. The intricate ins and outs. <laughs> so um, I had been investing for a while, but there were a lot of things that I didn't really understand. A lot of basic things that I didn't, I didn't understand. Yeah. So when like they would be talking about the strategy and then they would talk about something else that was basic, like a, let's say a refinance. Mm -hmm. And I still really didn't quite understand refinances. Um, and so like, they'd be like, oh, it's like this. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, it's like this. I'm like, what is that? Like, <laughs> I, I was just so completely lost. Yeah. Um, we had just done like straight up long-term <clears throat> buy and hold before yeah. that. Like not like, yeah, just you're like, let's A little invest. bit of renovations. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, yeah. thought we were smart. Um, so I, I left that course not feeling very confident. Yes. And that, that wasn't for, that wasn't the course. That was just me. Um, there was too much that we didn't know. There was too much that I didn't know. And it took me about, I tried for about a week and what I thought it was and how I thought I needed to get the deals. I just like, this is too hard. And to be honest, this isn't really what I'm interested in doing. I'm not interested in, and <clears throat> Being a vulture, it felt I'm, like. Yeah, I, I, don't, I never liked the wholesaling thing early on. I never really quite understood it. I never liked the, um, I say wholesaling because I, I compare it to finding a green for sales. What you're doing is you're looking for desperate sellers or yeah. motivated sellers. And in my mind, I never liked looking for people who are in terrible situations and trying to take advantage of that situation. Right? And that's how a lot of people look at wholesaling. So a lot of people look at agreement for sales. They're like, oh, how do I find desperate sellers? That yeah, word right there. Feels just, dirty. That word right there just explains why I wasn't into it. Um, I, If you ever hear me say desperate, I'll quick, you'll notice that I quickly um, change it to motivated. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like the word desperate. I, I just, I, I don't like it. I mean, like, especially now and even then, I knew that there were other options for that person. And I would, I felt guilty not giving them the best possible option. Instead, what I was trying to do was trying to find the best option that would support me mm -hmm. and try and call it a win-win. Well, no, win-win is when the right thing, the right thing to do is to tell them what to do. Yeah. You know, I could what have told them to, hey, is. renovate this over here, go call this person over here, or why don't you refinance it? Or why don't you do this? Why don't you, you know, port the mortgage? Like so many different things. Why don't you find a joint venture partner instead and rent it out? Like <clears throat> before, you know, this crazy thing that I'm trying to explain to you. So I'll admit in my limited understanding at that time, I thought this isn't for me and it was really hard. So it took about four months. I tried it out for a couple of weeks wasn't digging it a couple months later I kind of had like a moment where I, I think I was driving on my way to work and I realized that um I was looking at it the wrong way I changed the wording my for starters shift, yeah. and I, I wanted to find a way to help I wanted to find a way to only do agreement for sales with people for a specific reason where I you know a specific problem that I could solve and that was the the families who we're in a situation where they had little to no equity. They needed to sell the house because whatever reason, job loss, moving, yeah. you know, couldn't sell. They have two properties. They can't afford it anymore. Those kind of situations. And they can't sell because of the fact that they don't have any equity to pay a realtor. They've tried selling it on their own. They can't. They don't want to become landlords. Um, and if they sell, um, they're also potentially going to pay a very heavy uh, early penalty, mortgage, mortgage penalty. cancellation, yeah. Okay. So that was my target client. That was the target person, that I, seller that I was going to be looking for. I'm not interested in convincing people to sell me their property 
And instead of getting their equity today, they get their equity later and on you, they carry the financing for me and, you know, and I don't put any money down. I wasn't interested in convincing people. I was interested in solving a problem. So what I, what I, when I had that realization, I kind of changed my, um, my mindset on it and the wording. Then I thought, okay, well, there's that specific person. How do I find that person and offer them a solution? Um, once I changed that, it actually got really easy Yeah. because then it was just a matter of marketing where, how do you market, you know, how do you advertise for, you know, that problem, the solution for that problem? Right. Um, funny thing is, is that the, 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 the marketing for that looks very similar to the yellow signs and the yellow letters and everything else. Bad credit, divorce, job loss, moving out of city. Call us now. We buy cash. And I'm just, even to this date, I still, I I know why you have to put it that way, but it still gives me the creeps. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I know that a lot of people are just using that as some sort of a marketing tool to take advantage of someone's situation to get a very low price. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't use it. I, I I found alternative ways, and um, and so this this. This, this guy actually came up. Um, I had been advertising a little bit. What I was doing was I was using the, the rental um, strategy. So going into rental ads and finding um, really crappy photos and really crappy write-ups in Kijiji and Facebook and stuff like that. Uh, and I would just send them a, a copy-paste message. and be like, hey, I'm not interested in renting, but if you're, um, if you're thinking, ever thinking about selling, please let me know. I'd be interested in potentially buying it. I'm a real estate investor. I just mm-hmm. copy-paste, copy-paste, copy-paste all day at work. Um, I'll answer your question there a little bit, Mike. Um, actually, I'll answer it right now. So Mike said, why would a seller do an AFS with no money down? Um, a seller would do this. This is the example that I was giving you. Um, if they have no equity, so if their mortgage is 300,000 and the house is worth $300,000 and they call up a realtor, a realtor is not going to do business with them because a realtor gets paid out of the equity yeah. when it's sold. So the, they, they can't use a realtor, right? Or the realtor says, you need to pay me up front. Mm-hmm. Any realtor would say, pay me up front so that way I know I get paid, right? Yeah. Additionally, um, if they have no equity and <clears throat> they have four years left in their five-year fixed mortgage, it's not three months worth of interest penalty. It's an interest rate differential, which depending on the interest rates at that time and how much they've changed, it could be anywhere from ten dollars to $25,000. I've seen it happen. So if they sell the property, they're going to have to pay the bank a, a huge penalty as well out of yeah. their pocket. Then they got to pay closing costs out of their pocket. So, you know, this person, you know, if they can manage to sell it privately and they sell it for what they owe, the market value, they're going to probably have to pay anywhere from ten dollars to $25,000 out of their pocket just to get rid of it. So, why would they do it for zero money down? Well, it's zero money down because they don't have an, I don't have any, I don't give them any equity because I'm buying it for what they owe, mm-hmm. right? They're not getting any money. But what I'm doing is, is that I'm offering them a solution to save them from having to pay. Yeah, to not lose money. To get rid of their house. Yeah. Right. And a lot of situations, these houses, you know, they're financed, you know, as a home, not as an investment property. So they're negative cash flow. So these things, I mean, whether they're still living there or whether they've left already or whether they lost their job, they've got, you know, thousand, fifteen $1,500, $2,000 worth of payments coming out of their bank account every month. And if they don't have any money in that bank account, or if they're paying for two houses now and they're gone and, you know, now they're behind, like this is a situation where they're, they are uh, motivated, motivated, <laughs> but in, by definition, yeah, they've run out of options. And when you run out of options, you get desperate. Yeah. So that is the that that is why it would be a zero money down because there's no equity to give. If they had two hundred and ninety five thousand dollars on their mortgage, and they were trying and they were selling it for three hundred, and that would mean that they'd have five thousand dollars worth of equity that we could pay. But let's just be honest: it's if if it's if it's um, a difference between you know they could ask for hey I want to, I want um, I want five thousand I want three hundred thousand I don't want two hundred ninety five thousand dollars for my property, and I could say. Well, if I, if I don't buy it from you today with this particular solution, you're still going to have to pay $10,000 to the bank. So do you want to pay $10,000 to the bank and get greedy? 
Um, or, you know, do you want to do this deal today? I'm not saying that I take advantage of that, but it's just um, nine times out of 10, if there's not a whole heck of a lot of equity, we would normally match up the purchase price with what, what they owe. Yeah. And that means that there's no money down. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep it as simple as that because I'm not, I'm not doing an AFS course today. Um, <clears throat> so I was doing my advertising, reaching out to rental ads, et cetera. Um, I also did a few Kijiji ads of like, you know, if you're looking to sell your house, I didn't like those things. Um, personally, it was, it was, it was very saturated too on Kijiji because there's so many different wholesalers with their own very similar ads. Mm-hmm. Um, I met a lot of sellers, had a lot of conversations early on. It was, you know, me trying to explain it was just an absolute nightmare, you know, Disaster. tripping over my <laughs> words and, and, and I was so nervous and never done one before. And they ask you, what happens if this, what happens if this, what happens to this, what happens if you don't make the payments? What happens if you don't pay the property taxes? Who takes care of this? What if I don't do this? Or how do I do this? Or how do I even know this is real? And how, like, what, what, let me see the contract. Is this a scam? Is this a scam? So it's yeah. like, it's very difficult to explain to people early on. Um, if you don't have the confidence to explain those things properly. And if you don't, if you're not good at building trust, but this, this particular deal, um, was actually a recommendation through a friend. Uh, one of my friends, uh, said, Hey man, um, maybe you can help my buddy out. He's in a situation. Um, they bought this townhouse. The townhouse went down in value. Um, it's pretty much, you know, it needs a bit of work. Um, but they don't have the money to do the work. They're willing to get rid of it for what they owe. Um, would you be willing to have a conversation with them? So I went down and met with them and, um, really, really nice family. Um, they had kids the same age as my kid and, um, which was at that time, like just born, I think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, uh, so we, we, we bonded really well. And at that time, you know, I was, I I was looking at it as, as two options. I can either a buy it outright B I can offer seller financing or C I can offer them a joint venture. Um, and by offering him a joint venture, I might be able to just come in and just rent that thing out for him for a period of time, but it needed some work. Um, it wasn't in the greatest shape. Uh, I believe he owed, I think it was 150,000. No, it was a hundred and yeah, I say 150,000. I'm just trying to remember. I didn't look up the numbers and, um, and he was willing to sell it for 150. Uh, it was worth about 165, 170. Okay. If we renovated it, it would have been worth 210. And not much in renovation, just a little bit of renovation. So yeah. this wasn't a, a home run, you know, deal. But um, I, I fast forwarded too quickly there. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a home run deal or anything. So, you know, I offered him a joint venture. He was interested. Once I looked at the numbers, I'm like, this doesn't, it's negative cash flow, a couple hundred bucks. Um, it makes zero sense for me to do this as a joint venture. Um you know what I mean? The margins were so slim. Yeah. Uh, he really wanted a joint venture. He loved the the idea. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really interested in seller financing. Uh, he really loved the idea, but I just, I came back and I said, no, man, it's just, it's, it's way too risky for me. A lot of work, not enough reward. Uh, so I went, I, I went away and about a month or two later, he came back and just asked again, Hey, you know, we really, really want to get out of this house. We want to move to another house. Is there anything you can do? You know, I might be willing to do this. And just, it wasn't quite working. But a month or two later, I followed up to see how he how it was doing. And um, he's, yeah, still same thing. But I guess his 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 motivation level just kept going up and up and up and up and up. Yeah. Or less and less options. He was not going to be renting this thing. So he was literally staying there until he can get rid of it. Um, and so he finally, you know, had a, we, we rediscussed and was open he opened up the conversation about agreeing for sale again yeah and it again it wasn't a steal of a deal we agreed on two and a half years so that's how much time he had left on his term two and a half year agreement for sale um but i was just more happy just with getting my first deal yeah getting the you know first I mean? deal done yeah i've been at it for a couple months now um talking to sellers they're interested they're, yes i will do it and then it comes down you know to sending them paperwork or going and meeting them and then one person signs and the other person doesn't sign and we're waiting for that signature or, you know, um, 
you know, the spouse last minute as they're about, you know, pen to paper, they decide, you know what, this just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't want to do it. Like I had so many, so many amazing opportunities that just were so close and it didn't work out. So when he finally agreed to it, you know, I'm like, you know what, fuck it. Even if I break even on this thing, I did one and I want to go through the process. So I did it. And, um, we got it, you know, for, there was $15,000 of instant equity. <clears throat> the plan was to, um, purchase it, um, rent it out for two years and then do some quick little renovations, um, and, and, and sell it for a profit. Uh, it wasn't going to be an amazing profit, maybe 20,000, maybe 25,000. Um, if we were lucky, plus the mortgage paid on that we had for two years. So uh, all in all, we were going to make maybe $25,000, $30,000 in two and a half years, which is pretty good yeah. for a zero money down deal. Now that could have, that could have turned into $10,000 really quickly if the market changed in two years. But I, I, I was okay with that again, just to be able to do the deal. So, um, he was super happy because he, he got, he was able to wash his hands from this deal. Like he, yeah. he did not want to be there anymore. He had no other options. Um, and they ended up moving into a rental, um, as they saved up for a down payment and then, um, they ended up buying a house and they were super pleased with it. Um, we took possession of that property. Uh, you know, we started doing out the paperwork and stuff. And then I realized, you know what, like at that time I hadn't, I wasn't a real expert in flipping and I didn't know the market well enough. And I said, you know what, like I can make, you know, $20,000 and roll the dice and go through this process. But, or, and it wasn't a great shape either. So the, the, the tenants that we were going to get for that property for two years, Gabby was not looking forward to. Yeah. That was my biggest thing. I was like, I don't want to rent. Like, I don't know. And maybe that's also just like, um, the feeling of like what you're putting out into the market. Like I just didn't feel good about putting it out as it was to find renters. And then knowing that the, the condition that it was in was going to attract lesser than desirable. Well, tenants. we had just, we had, we've been doing it for a while, but the, the wounds were still fresh from the shitty tenants, the first shitty tenants that we had a few years back. Yeah. Now it's, it's, we, we hardly think about them, mm -hmm. but it was still fresh in our mind of, you know, the types of tenants that you can sneak in. And when you got shitty pictures like that, it didn't matter what we did. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have showed no. very well yeah. we had, we had cabinet doors falling off uh, in the kitchen, like, and they were type of cabin doors that like you couldn't really fix. And some yeah. of them didn't have, doors. they had to be torn out <laughs> and like a wobbly toilet. And it was just like, ugh. And we just knew that whoever, whoever was going to come, whoever we get would be settling for that. And there'd be a reason they're settling for that. Yeah. So it was and they just, weren't going to, yeah, they weren't going to take care of it. It was, you know, like, we just knew it was going to be a problem. So, uh, I, I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? I don't hear too many people assigning or wholesaling agreement for sale deals very often. And at that time, there wasn't really many people doing agreement for sales to be mm -hmm. honest. Yeah. Um, they've been doing the course for years, but not many people were actually doing it. Andrea Workington was doing it. Neil Taniguchi was doing it. And then you'd hear about random students doing, you know, a little deal here and there. Yeah. But no one really doing it on a large scale. Yeah. Um, so I thought, you know what? There's so many people that really love this, that love the idea and the concept, concept of random sales, but they just don't want to go get the deal. It's hard. And I get it. So I advertised it on a few different pages um, as an assignment. So what that means is that I had a deal under contract, just like I, you have any other normal, um, you know, real estate deal under contract and you can assign your interest in it. You can wholesale it. Um, we had, you know, a purchase contract with a seller finance, except it had a seller financing schedule attached to it. Mm -hmm. So yes, you know, whoever we assign it to is going to get it for that price, but they also get the same terms that we negotiated. Mm -hmm. And like I said, we advertised it and then we had a few people interested. Um, this guy came out pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, pretty quickly. And he was, we knew who he was. He had been featured in a few blogs and articles and stuff like that. You know, raised lots of money, very professional. He'd done flips. So he, what he looked at, he's like, okay, I'll just rent this thing for two years. He's already got his contractor team. He brought his designer out with say, him. Yeah, he had a designer with him. Yeah. Um, dressed really well. And, um, you know, they went and looked at it. They're like, okay, this, 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 and this. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And they, they planned it all out. He was like, okay, um, I'll cut you a check right now. And he cut me a check for $5,000. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, 
I, yeah, again, like, do I take the risk and, and do all this, these things and that I don't know anything about and tr try it out for myself? And, you know, do I, um, roll the dice on the tenants and, and give us potential headaches for the next two years? Or do I just assign it for $5,000 right now? Mm -hmm. And once that light bulb clicked for me about the assignments, I'm like, you know what? I could just get deals and assign them. I can do 12 of these a year and I'd make an extra $60,000. And wow, that would just, that mean we could buy an extra property every year. That, that was my <laughs> thought process at that point. So um, yeah, we assigned it to him for $5,000. Easy, quick and easy. And just a side note, the course that we took with Barry and Donna, I believe was 2,500 bucks. Mm -hmm. um, so not only did I pay for the course, I also had an extra $2,500 on top of that. Which is, which is, uh, which is their whole thing. I don't know if you've ever heard their thing. One damn deal. Do yeah. one damn deal because the one damn deal normally pays for the course. Yeah. If you can just get that one and damn deal done. And propels you forward to do more. <clears throat> so that was our first deal. Um, now the deal is still ongoing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so many other things happen and, and, and I'm not trying to scare you on that point. Um, that was, that was the person that we assigned it to and, 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 but um, it's that it, it really is that simple to to find an agreement for sale deal and assign it and make a quick five thousand bucks. Um, the other point that I wanted to make was that um, a lot of people reach out to me about the agreement for sale strategy and they say, oh, "I don't know, it's just twenty five hundred bucks. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and um, I'm just not quite ready for it, and I don't really have it." I just want you to know that we we paid for that on a on a credit card. We, and I don't, I don't endorse people paying for courses on credit cards, but at that particular point where we were in our investing career, I talk about this a lot. I was at a, I was at a, I was at a roadblock. Yeah. I had nothing. Like I had no, I, I, I called and talked to everyone that I knew and no one was having a conversation with me. And I'm like, okay, I guess I got to save up money. Yeah. And we were not good at saving at that point in our life. No. We had two incomes. We were making very good money. And I still couldn't save. And I'd save $1,000 a month and I'd feel really good about it. And then I'd go and spend it. Or, you know, I'd, I'd have $20,000 in savings in some accounts. But at the same time, you know, we were building up credit card debt on the other side. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just buying dumb shit. Um, so when you're at a point like that, just like a seller, you know, and you realize, oh, shit, I don't have any other options to buy, buy any other properties. I've got debt. I, I can't get my spending under control. I have no one who's willing to invest with me, even though I have properties and I've shown them that it's possible. So I made the decision just because I had no other options to mm -hmm. learn how to do it on my own, to learn how to do it with no money down. And yeah, I put it on a credit card because I think we had just blown all of our savings at that particular time on something stupid. So I, and, and we'd racked up so much debt. It was, it was so dumb. We just made so many dumb decisions at that point, but uh, we put it on a credit card and then within six months it paid for itself. So um, whenever, if you're ever thinking about something like that, you know, if it's, it's sometimes it's okay to, to, to use a credit card to pay for a course. If, if you're going to go all in that's, that's the key thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's because normally the first deal will pay for it. Definitely. Your first wholesale deal, you know, your first flip, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Was there any questions about agreement for sales throughout that whole ramble? Uh, no, you, you really? stopped and answered the one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, there are a bunch of people in here who have taken the course, which is cool. That is awesome. And, you know, I'd like to hear what your experience is with it. I, I know that you guys have taken the course and I know a lot of people haven't done their first deal yet. And... Mm -hmm. I, if you want to keep it simple today, I can answer a few questions about it, but I, again, I don't want to go too, too deep. Yeah. Um, but I think the key thing that really helped me get my first one was changing my mindset on how I was approaching it and that I was going to be helping people out of situations just like his. Yeah. Um, he was not motivated when I first went in there. He was, he was. He wanted out. He wanted he, out, yeah. but he didn't. He didn't just need out. Yeah. Well, he hadn't exhausted his options. He hadn't gone through 
the possibilities. He hadn't exhausted his options. Is, is, yeah. yeah, he wasn't. He what? He didn't run out of options yet. That's one of the key things. So when I first talked to sellers, um, when I first talked to sellers, I sorry, I was reading a question there. How was I going to say? <laughs> I get distracted so easily at, at six o'clock in the morning. It's ridiculous. If I, if I stop and read a question, I just completely lose my train of thought. Cause sometimes I'm just talking for 20 minutes straight and I, and uh, I don't know where I'm going. Um, when I'm first talking to sellers, it, it's, I, I need to gauge, you know, it, what kind of options that they have first. And it went a lot of times I don't, I, I've never, I've never closed a deal on the first meeting. No. Never. Yeah. Um, and I don't expect to. I, I expect to have to be following up with them for a few months Yeah, because when you first explain it to them, they normally still have a few options. They can still rent it even though they don't want to be landlords and they were landlords before, or their uncle was a landlord or whatever, and they don't know anything about it. They still could. And the concept of renting it out to someone is still more conventional and believable than whatever it was that I was pitching or you're pitching. Yeah. I'm going to take over all your payments, okay? Property taxes, condo fees, mortgage payments, all right? I'm going to cover the insurance, and I'm responsible for everything. You're not responsible for anything anymore. I'm going to write up this agreement. There's going to be lawyers, and the mortgage and title is going to stay in your name. So they can go with that crazy idea or renting. Oh, this renting is just something that they already know, they understand, right? They'll yeah. always go with that before. Yeah. So sometimes you have to follow up and see, like, oh, how's it going? Did you rent it out yet? Oh, cool. How's it going? Did you manage to find a buyer yet? You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. it's all follow up. It's it's kind of salesy. Um, follow up, follow up, follow up. And um, yeah, he he wasn't ready or motivated enough at that particular time, but a few months later he was. Yeah. Um I think instances where people are, you know, ready to agree to it right off the bat are when you're like scooping them up from going into bankruptcy and like those types of things yeah. where like they are the quote unquote desperate, like they need a freaking life lifeline thrown. Like yeah. they're yeah about to go under because they've they've already missed a few payments, and if they miss another one, it's it, they're going to go bankrupt and it's going to ruin their life or something along those lines. Yeah. So when someone comes in with a solution to that is like an urgent matter, and I can solve this in within a week. Yeah, we can yeah. have paperwork signed. I can I and even like I can send you money right now to 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 catch uh, up catch on up those on payments. those yeah. payments and yeah, so. Yeah. In those situations, it can be a quicker process, but um, yeah, those are the ones that we don't particularly like getting involved in. Yeah. That, that far gone, it's, it kind of gets a little more complicated, which these are things that you can learn about in the course. Yeah. (laughs) Just little things like this. So like, I don't really want to explain that because you know, you know, how how, how far (laughs) gone can I do it before an agreement for sale? You know, what if they, what if they've already missed payments? Well, what you don't understand is that if they miss payments, then, when it comes time for renewal, their interest rates are going to be shit. Yeah. Um, you know, how far gone can you talk to someone before, you know, before it's too far gone and it's already in foreclosure? So there's there's so many little things like that that you need to learn about in the course. But uh, the point I was making was that um, it's wow. <laughs> what was that question? Did the seller have to agree to the assignment? <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna come back to me in two seconds. That the whole reason why I started talking. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Uh, did the seller have to agree to the assignments? Okay, so Mike asked, did does the seller have to agree to me assigning it to another investor? Technically, no. Legally, no. All contracts, real estate, yeah, in Alberta are assignable. Now, did I just assign it to this guy and be like, peace? Well, no, because if you want an easy transition and you want things to work out, yeah. you know, you got to let them know. So what I, I, what I told them was that I had a partner that was interested in this and they're going to be taking care of this. Something to keep in mind on that subject is that with agreement for sale, it's not like a standard purchase where you never meet the seller, you transact, they get your money, you get their property, and that's the last, well, you don't You don't even have a single communication with them in most cases. Yeah. With agreement for sale, you are quote unquote partnered with them 
until the end of whatever term you guys agree upon. Yeah. You, you know, they still need to do a lot they, of things. Yeah. The mortgage needs to get paid. They need to like send I, you property send, tax statements. Yeah. Like there's lots of different factors that come into play that keep you guys connected throughout. Yeah. A relationship, Ryan, yeah. uh, access. it becomes a relationship. And so when you've built their trust to get them to say yes to an agreement for sale, and then you just like pass it off and, and peace out, you've kind of burned them. Like, yeah. like they, they said yes to you. That's the other thing is that you built, I built trust with that guy for months that I was the guy that was going to be doing it. Yeah. And then a few days later, I'm like, peace out. Here's this guy. And he's like, well, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. So no, I, was, we didn't I, do I, I, I trust you. So yeah, you need to make sure that you handle that delicately. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, there could be some issues there. And he was fine with it. If he wasn't fine, I don't think we would have done it. True. Yeah. True. Um, what the point I was making a minute ago was that it's, it's, it's all about the mindset um, shift that I needed to have. Mm -hmm. I needed to change the words in order for me to feel comfortable with the whole concept, mm -hmm. which made things a lot easier for me to find more deals. Because guess what? You found a lot. Like a week later, I found another deal just mm -hmm. around the corner. Mm-hmm. And that guy that I was assigning it to, he came down to that one too. Yeah. He didn't buy that one, which I, I'm still blown away by. Yeah, it was way more of a That other deal was slim. way better. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah. We ended up keeping that one. Yeah. Which is another complicated deal. Yeah. <laughs> a great deal. Great deal. We we had it originally for under contract, I think, for three years, and then some things changed, and we ended up getting it for ten years. Yeah, so we still have it. Yeah. Um. And uh, we had a rent to own buyer in there, and then she decided that she doesn't want to do rent to own anymore, mm -hmm. and so she's just been renting it out for the full price for years. I think she's moving out this year. Yeah. Yeah. She's so out we. This spring. And then uh, we will either advertise it again for rent to own, or we'll just keep it as a rental. It. It covers the bills enough. It's a good deal. But again, that was another zero money down. Yeah. Um, it was, it was uh, after that. He actually, that one, he oh. paid down his mortgage further he, so that we could get it for the price that we wanted. We didn't want it for what he owed. We wanted it for $5,500 less than what he owed. And I think that was a mistake on his part. We agreed on a price. And then he went, he, he thought his mortgage balance was at a certain amount. And then... So we agreed on what he thought it was. I don't remember why that happened. But then he got an updated mortgage statement and found out it was actually $5,500 more. And we he paid $5,500 to us to pay down his mortgage to get the price we wanted. So he actually paid us $5,500 to get out of this deal. Yeah. That's, that's how bad he wanted out of this property. Mm -hmm. So again, when, when you change the way that you look at it and... I'm looking for people that that seriously need a solution. This person wanted to leave. He was done with this place. Um, he he bought it. It went down in value. He'd owned it for years and been paying off the mortgage. It must have been like eight years or 10 years or something like that. Yeah. And it was his first house. And he still owed more than what it was worth at that point. Yeah. And he renovated it himself and did a shitty job and he had a girlfriend that he bought it with and she's gone. Just this whole place was just this constant reminder of just all of these, well, you're not failures, but you know what I mean? Like just like all these bad memories and he just wanted to move away. He wanted something different and that's how badly he wanted out of it. Yeah. And that's why he agreed to it. Mm -hmm. So if you can, if you can find a problem to solve and offer a solution that that's a true win-win. Uh, Josh asks, how many properties do you have under some sort of contract currently? How many doors renting? <sighs> Got rid of one recently. Um, I think it Got was... Got rid of two recently. Yeah, you're right. Um, I'd have to check in on it. So it's... Josh, I got to be honest with you. Um, we've done so many different creative deals like this. And then we've sold them creatively. And some of them turn into rent-to-owns and stuff like that. Um <sighs> It's, it's never been, it's, it's hard sell. for me to just talk about a deal where I bought it and then be done in five minutes because yeah. there's 25 minutes of other stories that go with it because this happened and then I combined it with this and then I sold it to this person, I packaged it and I signed it off. So 
Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say seven, eight ish was, was around the, the peak there. And then we decided that that was too much for us. Um, because the negative cash flow, which is, I don't want to overcomplicate it's for the agreement for sales. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to overcomplicate it too, too much. Um, um, cause people are gonna be like, Oh wow, it's negative cash flow. I don't want to do it. Well, that's, you got to take a course to really understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, since then we started using agreement for sales differently. We started using them for selling them, selling properties. Yeah. So we still Im- implement the strategy on a regular basis. We just use it differently now, as opposed to most people take the course and they get into it because they're like, I'd like to find a way for someone to carry the mortgage and me to get zero money down. That's the, that's, that's the, the cookie cutter way that people look at it. But the strategy in the contracts can be used for so many different other scenarios, which I don't want to get into and overcomplicate it. So we still use them on a regular basis. We just don't use them for that example. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that that was our first agreement for sale deal. Um was fun (laughs) yeah it kind of um it kicked off that um yeah confidence in moving forward with it it's like once you go through those contracts and like settling with the lawyers and all that kind of stuff once you do it once it's like oh okay this isn't that big of a deal (laughs) that's it right it was it was the fear of like what if they say this what if they say that you go into a meeting and like i said i was tripping over my words yeah because like they come up with something new, a new what if question, and I didn't have the answer to it. Mm-hmm. And what if I don't have the answer? And when I bring the contract in, my hand is like shaking with the pen because I'm trying to go through this complicated contract and explain it all to them. And they're looking at me for answers and I didn't have them. Yeah. Right? So once you do do your first deal and your second deal, it gets significantly easier. Um, but you have to go through that process and you have to stick with it. I still remember us driving away from that meeting that we got the signatures we were like holy shit yeah just completely blown <laughs> away at like how the fuck did that happen yeah um yeah and then once i got the confidence from those two deals within that month it was like bam just like we had i so i say you know i only did you know i think it was seven of them i had that year i think it was the next 18 months i think i locked up something like 30 deals 30 a grain for sale deals. I got really fucking good at it. Yeah. And I was doing this with a full-time job. And at that time, I was working 16-hour days. Yeah. If you, I don't remember that time. That was when yeah. I was working a ridiculous amount of overtime. Um, I, overtime was pretty much as much as you wanted to. Um, you could, As long as you worked your minimum 10 hours, they were okay. As long as you worked 10 hours. But like they would allow us to work until as long as we wanted legally. Yeah. Um, and what I was doing at work was basically just coming up with this whole marketing model on how I was going to get as many leads as possible. And then when I finally had a day off, I would just go and lock them up, <laughs> just go and have all these meetings. I go book 20 meetings and meetings, and then I get two or three leads from each meeting. And then I would stay on those leads for a few months and I just keep continuously doing that. Yeah. And I ended up locking up, I got them all under contract, like 30 deals in 18 months. It was ridiculous, mm-hmm. which is a lot for agreement for sales yeah. when you're working that much. The problem was, is that I didn't want to take them all on. Yeah. They were all either zero money down or less than $10,000 down. They were all minimum five years long. So they were all going to profit minimum $50,000. Minimum. Most of them are going to profit. That's $100,000. Um, but I couldn't take them on because if they're all negative $200 a month, which is fine because we were going to make more money than, you know, more was going towards the mortgage pay down than it was the cash flow. Even though I was going to make money, the negative cash flow would have just burned a hole in our pocket. Yeah. And we didn't have the capacity or the marketing system to like to do a, a shitload of rent to owns either. Because that's like a perfect way to yes. um, offset that negative cash flow and make it a cash flowing property. But yeah, we didn't have a marketing machine to generate rent to own leads. That would have been a whole new like business focus. Yeah. And and so we had a newborn child. So like Gabby going out and doing open houses for rent owns at that particular time just was not going to happen. Her fl- her plate was full. And me working 16 hours a day, there was no way I was going to find any rent to own buyers. So what we leaned more towards was assignments. And it seemed like every other week I had a new deal available and I'd send them off to my list. But the problem was at that particular time, um, there wasn't enough confident investors in our network. Mm-hmm. 
Um, investors are looking at it and they're like, oh, it's negative 300 bucks a month. No, I'm looking for only cash flow properties. I'm like, well, do the fucking math, you moron. You can't get a cash flowing property with a game for sales when they're amortized over 25 years. They only put 5% down. Yeah. Do the fucking math. It's really, yeah, it's hard to it was find so cash flowing ones because the stars need to align. <laughs> it, well, it, it's in order for it to have cash flow, someone needs to have put 20% down and have it amortized over 30 years. Yeah. So let me explain something to you. If someone has at least 20% equity in a property and it's still cash flowing, what motivation do they have to offer me an agreement for sale? Mm -hmm. They have options. Yeah. They can continue renting it. Right? Or they can sell it and take Or they can sell it like and, and lose <laughs> a, a portion of their equity and still get some money out. Yeah. So there's no motivation levels there. Trying to explain that to people, new investors, was so frustrating. So I'd spend so much work of my of my time finding these deals, these amazing deals where it's gonna make a hundred thousand dollars on each of them. You know, when you've got three million dollars worth of deals in eighteen months, right? Thirty times a hundred thousand. You got or whatever two to three million dollars worth of deals, and you can't assign them. It was so fucking frustrating. Yeah. You can't convince people that something's a good deal. So that's why eventually I stopped doing them. Um, I locked up so many deals, and I wasn't going to take them on myself and uh, self and put on the additional risk to our portfolio because we were still our portfolio was still relatively new. It couldn't handle an offset that. We needed to start building up some cash flow. And that's why we transitioned into secondary suites. Yeah. We were able to get some money out and, and transition into secondary suites. But um, you know, over the last few years though, you know, there's been a lot more people that have been coming into the game that really understand the value now mm -hmm. um, through education. And um, you know, looking at it now, I could probably get back into it and I could probably make a hundred thousand dollars a year easy, just finding a cream for sales and assigning them for five, ten, ten grand each. Yeah. But uh, we're just at a different point now. Right. So, I mean, I don't have the time or the time. My time is worth more than that now to be able to do that. But it's a terrific strategy for someone who's getting started in real estate, mm -hmm. who who wants to start making some cash, who wants to start getting a few properties. You know, if you were to be able to get two of these or three of these under under your belt and you can float the negative cash flow or you can pair it up with a rent to own that would offset that negative cash flow. And then br that's a great way to attract joint venture partners. The joint venture partners who are saying, oh, how many deals have you done? You know what I mean? The the ones that don't trust you yet, well, go and show them that you can do it. Yeah, for go sure. Go and show them that you already have properties. So there's some really great opportunities there. I mean, if you're if that's if that's where you're at right now and you're looking for a solution, I highly recommend it. That's what I did. Right? Yeah. And then from those experiences and from documenting all those agreement for sales and getting those deals and rent tones and stuff like that. Um, helped us build up our brand, helped us build our, up our trust. We started raising more joint venture capital and mm -hmm. then we were able to switch into secondary suites. Yep. Right. So it was a really great stepping stone. Um, we still use it now to this date. We don't use it anymore because it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense for us for where we're at. We don't use it to acquire anymore. Yeah. We use agreement for sale all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. All the time. Um, it's a really amazing strategy. Highly recommend looking into it a little bit more. Hopefully that was valuable guys. Um, surprisingly, not a whole lot of questions today. I thought... I'd only be talking for 10 minutes. <laughs> you thought once you open the door to agreement for sale <sighs> that the questions would flow? I thought it was good. They're probably, they're all too scared to ask questions. Because you... I scared them away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and thank you for that. And I apologize. I, I, I don't mean for that. I, my intention, my intentions are good. My intentions are to make sure that you don't get into trouble. Yes. Um, and one last thing I want to add in, and I talked about it yesterday. Um, if you get inspired by this and then you're on Facebook and you start seeing ads for seller financing or agreement for sales with zero money down, please do me a favor and send me a private message or text me first and ask me about the people that are offering them. Okay. Enough said. No, there's a little more that can be said. Okay. There are some unreputable individuals with bad ethics within our circles right now. A handful at least that are locking up deals that are not good deals for you or are packaging deals on their own for properties that they own that are not good deals. And you can get you in a lot of trouble. And I'm only saying this because I, the people that are listening loyally every morning and the people who listen to our podcast loyally, you know, the recorded versions, I don't want to see you fall victim to it because I inspired you. <laughs> right. Um, I, I want you guys to take action, but just please just do me 
a favor. And before you take an assignment for someone else's deal, just send me a quick message and say, hey, this person, and I'll give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Okay. I'll do that for you. Sounds good. Um, do you want to read Lindsay's? Uh, there's a couple uh, additional comments here. Yeah, just just uh, uh, everyone's wheels are turning. Thanks for sharing, uh, t- listening, and taking mental notes. Um, too early for my brain to process questions. Well, good thing is it's recorded and it'll be uh, back up on iTunes and Spotify here very shortly in about an hour or two. Uh, you can re-listen to it again. Congratulations on the new puppy, by the way, Lindsay. Yeah. Um, and Robbie says he's fired yeah, up for the retreat this weekend. Uh, thanks for sharing this morning. Yeah, Robbie, we can definitely go deeper, way deeper into this and the different ways that you can use these strategies um, at the cabin retreat. Um, that's that's where I start getting real creative and I, and I don't... Um, Hold back. I don't hold back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, well, is that everything? Yeah. Have a okay. good day. I guess guys. I suppose I got to get ready. I got to get going here mm-hmm. in about 45 minutes. Yeah. Okay, guys. Have a great day and we will see you tomorrow morning. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 